Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 119 of the JB Sism Show. In today's episode, I'm talking about the five excuses that you make to not write. In other words, I'm going to help you get onto the road of discovering your voice and succeeding in life. Do you have a message to share and wonder, how do I get heard? Broadcasting from the beautiful lakes of Minnesota and the Twin Cities, welcome to the J.B. Sism Show. This show will motivate you with clarity and help you find your voice so you can take your message to the next level. Now here's your host, Jason Sism. And taking everything to the next level is what I love to do each and every week here at jbcism.com. Well, my friends, welcome to another show today. And if this is the first time, this show is dedicated and designed to helping you take your message to the next level by giving you the tools that you need so you can transform lives and reach the world with the message that God has put on your heart. That's right. My goal is to help you succeed in your family, your ministry, and your life because I want you to find your voice. Well, my friends, millions of people desire to write their books, start their blog, or simply write for a magazine. Well, most people don't know what to write or they simply they make these excuses for not getting the job done. Well, my friends, in today's episode, we're talking about the excuses that writers make to not put pen to paper and let the words flow. Get it out of your head. Get it onto the paper. It's going to be great because we're going to answer these common frustrations and help you get on the road to writing the book and starting the blog of your dreams. Well, my friends, I'm excited. The show begins right now. Monday morning I am sitting here in the studio and I have the microphone on it's hot Uh, I had the recorder going I'm excited because it's Monday and yesterday was a fun day our family we celebrated um, our daughter's second birthday we had both sides of the family over and it was a blast. The place was loaded with kids. They were running around screaming, having all kinds of fun. Amelia, our daughter, she she got all kinds of really cool gifts and a lot of really great clothes. I love clothes because it's less that I got to buy. <laughs> and, um, and so tomorrow is actually her official birthday, but we celebrated with family. And then my grandparents came over and they brought a piano for our family. So that was cool broke my back not literally i hope i didn't and uh, we got the piano into the house with much fanfare and we had lots of fun well that is kind of what is going on in my life um (laughs) this past week it's been busy it's been crazy and so hopefully we'll get this episode out onto the website here for you real soon and um well today I got I got thinking about um, what today's episode was going to be about, and, and I had a few different ideas flooding through my mind, and I didn't really know what idea I wanted to jump on here uh, for today's episode. But this last Saturday, I helped with the teaching portion, uh, did a breakaway session, which most people went to, so it became a teaching portion of the uh, uh, seminar that I was a part of on Saturday. The seminar was on blogging. It was learning how to blog, get your words out into the world, start your blog, get your passion 
out there. And and so my whole goal was to help people start the process of thinking about their blogs and the technical know-how and and answering any questions that people had. And there were all kinds of questions. And maybe you have some of these questions as well. You know, it was, you know, well, what is a blog and why should I care? Or uh, let's see, you know, do I really have time to write, you know, on a blog? You know, it feels like it's going to be a lot of work and and all of this. And so I, I started answering some of these questions and I, and I kind of learned that there were kind of five main questions that really kept coming out of this breakaway session that I was doing. And myself and our keynote speaker, we both kind of joined forces and were answering people's questions. And boy, was there a lot of questions. But I, I, I wanted to I wanted to take these five kind of main questions that, that I kept hearing from people and, and I wanted to discuss them here because I believe these five questions that I kept finding go not only for the blogging side of, of life, but it goes to writing for periodicals like magazines and newspapers. Um, and it also applies to book writing. So it doesn't matter which spectrum of the writing sphere that you live on. So if you write for newspapers or you're a poet or or maybe you you are a, a blogger or a wannabe blogger, uh, or you just have this desire, I want to get my book written, these five questions are the stuff that you probably struggle with, and I want to help alleviate some of these fears. I want to help alleviate some of these questions and give you the freedom, give you the permission to actually pull out that paper or pull up that computer screen and start typing or start writing away and getting your words onto the paper so that you can help more people and so that you can take with the message that's on your heart and reach people with it. So we're going to jump right in here to these five questions or these five excuses, I should say, that most of us use to not write and and. And, and that's really what these are, these five questions or five excuses, excuse me, we all use from time to time, and let's jump in. Number one, the number one most used excuse that I have come across, and this came across as well, you know, ah, blogging is great and all of this, and, and uh, writing a book is great and all of this, but I just don't have the time to write. I don't have the time to write. Has that been your uh, has that been your thoughts? Have you thought about that before? Have you had that thought kind of go coursing through your mind and you say, "Well, golly Bill, I just don't have the time to actually sit down and and write." Well, here's the deal. We all have the same amount of time every week. We all have 168 hours a week, 24 hours a day, 168 a week. And don't ask me to do the math for what's in a month, but we all have the same amount of time. So we all have 24 hours a day. So it doesn't matter what time you get up, what time you go to bed, you have the same amount of time as you and me 
and the person next to you. We all have 24 hours. But the question is, how do we use these 24 hours to our most effective ability? How do we take these hours, these precious minutes that God has given us and use them productivity, you know, use them productively, productively? Yeah. And, and, and how do we, how do we pull them all in together so that we can categorize our time into blocks and chunks so that we can get our stuff done? I mean, think about it. When you're at work, you have eight to nine hours behind your desk and, and you're thinking, okay, well, I have to do this today. I have to do this today. I have to do this today. And I have to do this today. And so you break up your day into chunks, right? So that you can get the most important things done in your day at work, right? And maybe you come home and you realize, okay, I got to get the, you know, the kids fed. I got to, I got to clean the house. And then, and then by the time you're all done with that, you're like, oh, geez, I got to go to bed, right? Or maybe, maybe you get all of that done and you still have a few hours left in your day. You don't go to bed yet, but you sit down and you watch TV show. Well, that TV show is now taking up an hour of your time. Or maybe you sit and watch two TV shows. That's two hours of your time. Or maybe you watch a movie. That's two and a half hours of your time. Maybe three if it's a TV movie. And the thing is, we all have the same amount of time, but it's how we use those precious minutes that determine our success rate. And so one of the things that I encourage you to do is if you're finding yourself, I don't have the time to sit down and write, begin writing down on a piece of paper everything that you do in a day. And when you begin processing through your day, you're going to find, you're going to find that you actually may have more time than you think you do. I was reading a thing with John Grissom and who is probably one of the most prolific writers. He, he wrote The Pelican Brief. He wrote uh, the Brethren, The Rainmaker, A Time to Kill, which is his, which is his breakaway um, debut novel. And, and he was saying, everybody has time to write, even if you write 250 words a day. So you write 250 words a day. In about two and a half years, you're going to have a novel just long enough. That's going to be a novel at well over 100,000 words because you're going to have to trim but you're going to have a novel long enough to be able to pitch or publish. And so if, if we actually take the time to just write maybe 250 words a day. So if you're a blogger, maybe you write 100 words a day. You want to have a, a 500 word blog post. Well, that's going to take you five days to write it and then you publish it. If you're trying to write a book, well, write 250 words a day. And maybe take a break on Saturday and Sunday to do everything else that you want to do. But, it, you know, cut out cut out an hour a day to write. Cut out 50 minutes a day or maybe a half hour a day. Whatever it is, take the time and actually get something done. John Grissom, he wrote A Time to Kill during his lunch break while he was a lawyer. He would go out into his car, he would pull out a legal pad, and he would start writing his book. That's what he did. He said it took him it took him about three to four years to actually write the book. But he finally got it written. And then his next one, he wrote during his lunch breaks again, 
and and it only took him about a year to do. You see, the goal is you have to make the time to do it. If you don't make the time, you're not going to do it. And so I highly recommend you pull out your co computer or your calendar, how whichever you use for your calendar, and mark out a specific set amount of time that you're going to sit down and write. You just have to make the decision. This is the time I'm going to write. Same time, every day, same place, every day. And if you make that cognitive choice, I believe you're going to find you have more time to write than you initially thought. And when you get into and here's the thing, when you get into the groove of writing, you don't want to stop. You actually are going to scratch your head and how can I squeeze a minute in here? How can I squeeze a minute in there? Because writing is fun. Writing is a joy. And and don't think of writing as, oh my gosh, got to dredge through another day of writing. No, get your pen to paper and start writing. Because when you're excited about your message, when you're excited about what you have to share with the world, the words are going to flow. The words are going to be there. And you're going to be able to, you're going to be able to change lives with your message. So get your pen to paper, schedule that time to yourself to write. Okay, so I think I beat that one to death. Number two, I don't have the technical computer skills to write. Next to the time one, this is probably one of the most common ones that I hear from a lot of people. And especially people, you know, excuse me if you're not one of these people, and, and I apologize ahead of time, but people who are about 60 years and up, anybody who's about 60 years and up, they have less computer skills, less technical savvy skills than anybody who's younger, especially somebody like me. And so you, you, you're like, well, I don't have these technical computer skills, and so I don't know how to write. I don't know how I'm supposed to write. Well, here's the cool part. And, and this, is, this is like way cool. I'm, I'm taking a course right now. Um, I'm slowly making my way through it. I'm probably going to start it all over and begin at the top again. However... I'm taking a course, a master class, by James Patterson, who's probably one of the most prolific writers uh, alive today. Uh, they say one out of every seven books sold is a James Patterson novel, and he puts out six to seven books a year. Just this month alone, he's putting out three books. So that tells you how much he, he writes, and he puts pen to paper on every single book. So it's not just ghostwriters who are writing for him. He's actually writing every book himself. If he doesn't write every word, he's at least putting pen to paper and he's cleaning it up and adding his own stuff or changing it to suit his style. But one of the things he said he does, because he, he hates computers, he doesn't like using them. He uses them when he has to, but he doesn't enjoy it and, and he finds them frustrating. And in fact, he finds them just downright distracting. And so what James Patterson does, he uses the good old yellow legal pad and a number two pencil. That's it. That's what James Patterson uses to write six to seven books a year, as well as pen um, the TV show Zoo. Yeah, he, he helps write all the scripts for Zoo. And... 
And James Patterson doesn't make the excuse, well, I don't, I don't, I don't have technical computer skills. Well, neither does he. And, and he hasn't used that to stop him from writing. So he actually uses a yellow legal pad and a number two pencil, and he just goes to town and writes. He writes what's on his heart. He writes what's on his mind. He writes and writes and writes and writes. And he says he writes in, you know, anywhere from 1,500 to 2,000 words a day. Sometimes he can write up to 3,000 words a day because he just wants to get the books written. And when you're writing that many books, you almost have to. You got to keep moving. You got you can't stop. And so using the, the excuse, I don't have technical computer skills. Well, you don't need a computer to write on a piece of paper. So, you know, whether it's a legal pad, whether you're using... Um, a spiral notebook or a Moleskine notebook, whatever it is that you're using to write, use that. Use it well. You know, take the time and actually get the job written and get it done. And the reason why I say that is you don't need a computer to write. And in fact, I've actually started taking the time and using a legal pad to do some of my writing before I turn on the computer. And I found it helps my brain think. It helps my brain process what it is that I want to write. And it slows me down to really think through, to really process. So I encourage you, pull out a, a legal pad and start writing. Number three, I don't know how to begin writing. Boy, is that an excuse I've heard from people. I don't know how to begin writing. Don't ask me why that is an excuse that I hear from writers. Uh, you're really not a writer if you don't know how to begin writing. Just saying. You know, you're a wannabe writer. I don't know how to begin writing. I don't know how to begin writing my next book. I don't know how to begin writing my next blog post. I don't know how to begin doing this. Here's the deal. Just do it. Just do it. You know, just take that Nike approach and just do it. I mean, think about it. If I never would have just taken the decision to actually write a book, I never would have had two books written. And at least 15 to 20 short ebooks written. I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have had it. I wouldn't have had the time. Why? Because I never did anything about it. So, so one of the things that I do is is I just take the Nike approach and I just do it. I, I could be scared about it. I could be frustrated about it. I could be scratching my head, not knowing what the first word is I want to write. That's okay. Just write. It doesn't have to be about much of anything. But just start writing. Just start letting the imagination flow. I mean, if you if you know how to write in a greeting card, you can write... A blog post. You know, you can think about it this way. Write about your day. What happened today? What happened yesterday? That's a little bit more of a challenge because you got to remember things. What happened a week ago? And how do you repull that memory? How do you repull that idea back to the forefront of your mind? One of the best ways to do that is through writing. Writing gives you the power 
to see into the future and to glance at the past. It allows you the permission to relive moments of your life or moments of other people's lives in a fresh and a new and an exciting way. So if you don't know how to begin, I encourage you to just do that. Take a moment and think through your day. Think through your last week. Think through a month ago and write that. Use that as a catalyst to kind of kickstart your ideas, kickstart your brain. And the deal is now I look at look at life so differently. I mean, I could be at a bus station and I could see a a father and a son and, and, and the wife at the counter. And I could I could be seeing that how this father's interacting with his child. And I could be like, wow, how do I turn that into a blog post? How do I turn that into a piece of story that I could put in my next book? And, and so I start looking at life in a different, with a different lens. And so I encourage you, just, just do it. You know, stop making the excuse of, well, I don't know how to start and just start. If you know how to write a greeting card, you can write a blog post, you can write a book. It, it's that simple. It's just writing one word right after the other and you don't stop. You just keep letting the words flow. And, and, tell, and I tell you this. Your words will flow if you just stop to think about them and you start writing. And if you don't want to use a computer and the blue screen is freaking you out, take the last point and actually pull out a yellow legal pad or a notebook, spiral-bound notebook, whatever it is that suits your fancy, and just start writing. Just get the job done, get it out there, get your heart onto the paper. All right, number four. Well, Jason, it costs too much money to write. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what to say next because that one, that is one of those excuses that I just kind of scratch my head. And I'm like, you don't need a lot of money to write. I mean, if you got spiral bound notebooks in your home, use that. Holy cow. You buy them for your kids for school, right? You probably got a plethora of them because your kids don't use them. So... You have pens, right? I'm sure you got to, I mean, my wife and I have two bundles of pens. We're talking, we probably have 100 to 150 pens in this house. We are not lacking in pens. So you have a writing utensil, I'm sure, sitting on your desk at home, or, or you have an extra one at work you could probably take. I mean, for crying out loud, you get one from the pizza guy. So, you know, use use whatever you have available. Write, 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 write. And, you know, it doesn't cost a lot of money to write. Legal pads are cheap. I mean, you can buy a stack of five legal pads for like 12 bucks. Don't believe me? Go to Staples. I saw them there and I bought them. I have them myself. I only have two left. So, so writing is cheap. You don't have to spend a lot of money on writing, you know, and in fact, most computers now come loaded with Microsoft Word, so you don't even have to buy writing software. Your computer already has it. Now, there's software I could recommend. I can recommend Scrivener. I can recommend these other things like Vellum, but you don't need any of that. If you have a pen and paper, you can use that. It's free because you already have it in your home. If you got Microsoft Word, that's free. You don't need a lot of money there. 
Oh, but Jason, what about blogging? Blogging costs a lot of money, right? I mean, I listen to your show and you say that you're spending, you know, $30 here, $30 there, $15 there, you know, every month on your blog. Oh, my gosh. Well, here's the deal. Yes, that's what I do. Yes, my email costs me $30 a month. My website costs me well, close to $15 a month. And my podcast, my podcast costs me another $10 a month. So yes, it, it costs me money to do what I'm doing. But you don't have to. Why? Because there's a beautiful thing called WordPress.com. WordPress.com is free. It's free to sign up. It's free to have a blog. It's free to do all of that. And if you really want to take it a step further and you don't want advertisements and you want your own domain name, a domain name is um, like what my website is, jbcism.com or jasonsism.com. One of the things that you can do is for $4 a month, you can have all of their advertisements removed from your blog. And then for $18 a year, you can have your own domain name, you know, yourname.com. It's that simple. So you're talking maybe $5 a month, you can have a blog. But you don't have to spend $5 a month. You can just spend $18 a year, which is a little over a dollar a month. And you have your own domain name. And so it's basically free. You don't even have to do that. You could just do yourname.wordpress.com and that's completely free. Not a dime out of your pocket. So so the excuse of, well, it costs too much money to write is, is, is really a non-point because it doesn't cost a lot of money to write. You have the software you can write. You have a, a free resource for blogging you can write. Now, when you go to publish, yeah, it's going to cost you money. When you go to typeset your book, yeah, it's going to cost you money. But there's also options out there for that so that you don't have to end up spending four, five, maybe $10,000 on one book. Because I've not spent that much and I've only spent, you know, a few hundred dollars per book. So it can be done inexpensively. So it doesn't have to cost you a lot of money. It doesn't have to rip the money out of your pocket. And so... This is where I come back to the Nike approach and just doing it. You have the resources available to you. Just use them. You have Microsoft Word. I encourage you to use it. WordPress.com. It's free to sign up for your own blog. Do that. I mean, we helped We helped on Saturday several people start their blogs using WordPress. And I couldn't have been more proud of each one of them. I, I was so humbled as a teacher, so incredibly proud of each person who started their blog. One lady, I actually, I have to email back today. She was asking some questions because she ran into an issue that she wants um, fixed. And I'm willing to help her because she's a new blogger. She's brand new at this. And I can say I am excited because you at least started something that very few people dream about starting. And so if you dream about getting your words written, if you dream about doing all of that, I encourage you to just start. 
Just start writing and see where their words are going to take you. Number five is I don't know how to copyright my work. I don't know what to do. How do I copyright it? I don't want people to steal it. Holy crap. You know, people steal stuff all the time. They're going to steal my, my ideas. No, they're not. And if they do, and you can prove your copyright, it's all that matters. Well, but Jason, how do I prove my copyright? It's really simple. As soon as you write something, it's copywritten. As soon as you write something, whether it's on a piece of paper, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on your blog, whether it's on somebody else's blog and you still wrote it, you still own the copyright to it. It is still your work. Now, they may have the rights to use it, but you, sir, are the one that owned the copyright to it. So the the law was changed where, and this was years ago. I mean, we're talking back in the 80s. It was changed where you don't need to buy copyright from the Library of Congress. You already own the copyright. Now, some people say, well, Jason, you know, I've heard, you know, in order for it to be copywritten, you know, legally, you have to have a government seal on it. So I've heard that if I just stuff my work into an envelope and mail it to myself, it has a government stamp, right? And that necessarily, that actually doesn't stand up in a court of law um, on the date stamping, uh, especially with U.S. Postal Service. They say it's the poor man's version of copyright. It's really not. Um, and the reason why I say that is because I can mail myself an empty envelope. I could fold it up. I can shove it into, shove my work into the envelope, seal the envelope, and now all of a sudden the work I wrote yesterday is copyrighted the two years ago. So you see how that really doesn't doesn't work? So it's not going to stand up to scrutiny. It's not going to stand up to um, court. You know, but if you but if you can prove that you wrote it, you can prove that you have the notes for it, you can prove that you have all of this, you can show the timestamps of when you saved the documents, etc. Well, let's just say that's going to hold up way better in a court of law. So you don't need to copyright anything because you already own the copyright. And the reason why I say that is because you wrote the work. You took the time to put the pen to paper and you decided I'm going to write my stuff down for the world to see. So don't worry about people trying to copyright, I mean, steal your copywritten work because nobody's going to steal your copywritten work. You don't have to worry about it. I mean, I ran into an issue where somebody took an entire blog post and republished it. They still gave me the credit, which I was grateful for. I did ask them to remove it. And I've now gone back to see if they have. And if they didn't, that's okay. Because it's still the website that, you know, it's on. It still brings viewers to my website. So I'm okay with that. You know, my friends, if you just take the time to actually get your work written and, and stop making these excuses to keep yourself from getting your work out there, you're going to find yourself letting the words flow onto the paper 
and you're going to avoid these common frustrations and you're going to be on the road to writing that book or starting that blog of your dreams. We'll find the full show notes at jbsism.com forward slash 119 and do my friends do a favor for me and let somebody know about this show. All right, my friends, I will talk to you later. God bless. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening. This has been the JB Sism Show. You can find the archives of the show at jbsism.com or on iTunes. Don't forget to visit jbsism.com to download a special ebook when you sign up for the free newsletter. You'll get new episodes, updates, and so much more. This podcast is copyright Jason Sism and Sism Enterprise, all rights reserved. Until next week, stay motivated with clarity, take your message to the next level, and find success in your family, ministry, and life.